This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 24th, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Just $50 billion of the massive $789 billion stimulus legislation was designated for infrastructure. For state and local governments, it will fund projects, but it's not clear that those projects will be ones that enhance long-term growth. Cato Institute senior fellow Randall O'Toole says one way to make sure that taxpayers aren't on the line for useless spending is to make states pony up half the dough, not with taxes, but with user fees on the project. Supposedly, if you build something, uh, it's valuable to somebody, and that value will be carried through, and so you not only get the jobs from construction, you get the jobs from that value. For example, if you build a bridge to nowhere, you're going to get some jobs from building the bridge. But because nobody uses the bridge because it goes nowhere, you're not going to get any more jobs after that, any secondary effects. If you build a bridge to somewhere, you'll get the jobs from building the bridge, and then you'll get the jobs that are created when people are using the bridge. They're going across the bridge, they're building new things on the other side of the river or whatever, and uh, you get double your jobs, or maybe more than double your jobs. So to me, an infrastructure package has to uh, focus on things that people are going to want and use so that you actually get those secondary effects, whether you're just rebuilding a bridge that might otherwise fall down or have to be closed because it's falling apart, or you're building a brand new one, the secondary effects are really what count. There's $50 billion in this $789 billion stimulus. That $50 billion is supposed to be for infrastructure. How well does it meet uh, that test of yours? Well, actually, it's a little more than 50. Uh, there's $46 billion for transportation. Uh, there's about uh, $6 billion for water uh, projects. There's $7 billion for broadband Internet. There's uh, almost $5 billion for the Army Corps of Engineers and $4 billion for public housing. And then there's more money for things like uh, uh, fuel treatments on public lands and things like that. So it's about 60 to 70 billion, depending on how you define infrastructure. Focusing on the transportation, which is my uh, specialty, we've got about 46 billion dollars, and that includes 27 billion for highway and bridge construction and repair. Uh, Now I think there's some. Uh, bridges to nowhere that could creep in here, but for the most part, uh, we need new roads. We need. We have a lot of areas that are congested. We have a lot of roads that are deteriorating. We have bridges that are falling apart, and so that money could be effectively spent. There's no guarantee that it will be effectively spent, but it could be effectively spent. However, it also includes eight billion dollars for high-speed passenger trains. Now that money is going to be a complete waste. Uh, the Europe, which has a lot of high-speed passenger trains, really doesn't use them that much. The average European travels on high-speed trains 100 miles a year. That's insignificant compared to what we, the way we use our highways. We tra- travel on highways 15,000 miles a year per person, and that's 15,000 pass- passenger miles per per person. So. We really heavily use our highways, and building high-speed rail is just going to be a waste. It's not going to provide those secondary effects. It's not even going to provide any primary effects because there are no shovel-ready high-speed rail projects. But it turns out President Obama asked the Congress to put that in there because he wants to make that his signature issue, building a high-speed rail network around the country, which I estimate is actually going to end up costing us 
half a trillion dollars or more. How do you come up with that number? Well, the Federal Railroad Administration has a proposal for a, a national high-speed rail network that will serve about 36 states. And there's two ways of building high-speed rail. True high-speed rail is trains that go faster than 125 miles an hour. For that, you need exclusive tracks just for those trains. You can't mix them up with freight trains. You can't cross highways except for uh, with bridges and things like that. You can't have grade crossings. Uh, and that's really expensive. California recently voted to build a high-speed rail line using that kind of a system from San Francisco to Los Angeles. It's going to cost about 40 to $50 billion, and they're hoping that the federal government will pay for half. Uh, obviously, $8 billion won't even begin to pay for half of that 40 to $50 billion line. The other kind of high-speed rail, I think, is the kind that uh, President Obama was thinking of. That's where you take existing freight train tracks, and you improve the grade crossings, and you make the tracks a little bit higher quality so you can run trains up to 110 miles an hour. And that's not going to attract a lot of people. 110-mile-an-hour trains aren't going to attract a lot of people, but uh, they are going to cost a lot of money. And so what, what I'm wondering is how much of that $8 billion is going to go for 110-mile-an-hour trains and how much is going to go for California style, which is supposed to be 200-mile-an-hour trains. If California gets billions of dollars from the federal government, is Illinois and Texas and Florida, are they going to be happy with 110-mile-an-hour trains when California is building 200-mile-an-hour trains? I don't think so. So I took California's costs and applied them to the national system, the, the Federal Railroad Administration's national network of, of high-speed trains, said how much would it cost to build this national network uh, with 200-mile-an-hour trains, the kind of trains that California wants. And it comes up to about $550 billion. How should this money be going out to state and local governments for their infrastructure projects? Well, I think there should be a, a test that uh, state and local governments should pay half the costs, not out of tax dollars, but out of user fees. If they want to build something and they can't fund half the cost out of user fees, it's not worth building. Uh, really, we think all of the costs ought to be funded out of user fees. Transportation, water, drinking water, Internet, those things are things that the users are the ones who are getting the benefits. So it's, it's silly to think that taxpayers ought to be funding those things. But at the very least, local governments and state governments should be funding half the cost of these projects out of user fees, and Congress can give them some money as it, to stimulate, uh, uh, accelerate the construction and reconstruction of these infrastructure systems. But uh, if we aren't covering it out of user fees, if we aren't covering half the cost out of user fees, it probably wasn't worth building those things in the first place, which means we aren't going to get those secondary effects, which is what Congress is counting on to provide the economic stimulus in the first place. Randall O'Toole is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute and author of the book, The Best Laid Plans. You can order your copy at cato.org.